All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of our Puritanism's podcast live Q&A show. This week, we're joined by our resident scientist, sci- scientific computing advisor, Dr. Don Kinghorn. Welcome once again, Don. I'm happy to have you along for our show today. Um because we got we got quite a few things to talk about, I think today we got um, there's we'll probably touch a little bit on the Rocket Lake stuff, um, the upcoming Ice Lake stuff, one API, and of course uh, any sort of questions and stuff that comes from the audience regarding uh, HPC, machine learning, AI, any of that kind of good stuff. Uh, yeah, so uh, I suppose let's just jump right on into it. We're, yeah, we're yeah, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that you know I have. Has been on my mind. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had intended actually to talk about uh, on the stream. I had intended to talk about uh, uh, Intel's uh, One API uh, yeah. ecosystem, mm-hmm. uh, like several weeks ago. But you know, we changed everything all up and all that. Uh, so I do definitely want to talk about that. Um, and I, I also just tested um, that Intel's new. Dual Xeon, um, uh, Ice Lake, yeah, and yeah, it was really good. <laughs> oh, great! That's good yeah, to hear. It's, yeah, it's the best CPU system I've ever tested. And uh, that's a bold claim. That's big. It, it, yeah, it's really good. I'm 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 very impressed with it. You know. Um, uh, so so I'll talk. I'm I'm probably I'm actually not going to write this up. Mm, okay. Um, uh, because we're you know we're going to focus uh, on uh, on the single socket. Mm-hmm. Right. So a uh, single socket version of this, which will be coming up later. Okay. Um, should be on the, with the same cores and all this, and it should just be killer. It'll be a really really nice workstation processor, good awesome. fit for us and all that. But yeah, oh, it was really nice to be able to test that. Um, there's that, you know. And, oh, geez, what I. I guess since be since we've talked before, I've you know, I don't think we talked one on one since uh, it's before Threadripper. I don't see Thread, Threadripper yeah, Pro. It's been, a, it's been a while, yeah. But I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit when I'm talking about the Ice Lake. I've, sure. I've got. I'm, I just put some numbers on it, some charts that I've been, um, you know, and then I've accumulated some things on. It. I've got Rocket Lake on it, and I just just actually just to share stuff internally, I put. Um, so the ice lake testing I did on uh, uh, on some of those charts, yeah. And I've got I've got a couple of them here, so you can kind of see the compare, uh, you know, kind of comparative what the performance was like. Yeah. Um, another thing that's really awesome, and I've I've got it. I mean, I'm really excited because I love it. Mm-hmm. Is GTC? Oh, that's right. I didn't mention that in the beginning. Yeah, GTC is probably going to be pretty yeah. big this year. Yeah. Yeah. NVIDIA GTC, uh, always love it. And, and NVIDIA is so good. They're so oh. good. Even, you know, the, uh, the, um, even virtual, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty darn good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, uh, a lot of that going on next week. I'm, I'm going to be, uh, uh, you know, on a lot of sessions and stuff like that. Hopefully, I don't know if I'll be, get to talk. Oh, I really miss talking one on one with people. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, that's kind of been the the, hard, the rough part about these virtual uh, kind of conventions yeah. and stuff. Is it's just hard to just sort of randomly meet up with somebody or walk up to their booth and just oh yeah hey I know you and get to talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's the best thing about the meetings, really. Honestly, 
but the content on at GTC is just stunning. It's really good. Oh, it's, so oh, I'm, it's I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Uh, so where would you like to start? Um, I think let's well, okay. Uh, Ice Lake or one API. Anybody uh, uh, chatting? This, uh, just some hellos and such so far. Okay. Uh, Oh, oh, that's that's Intel. Intel's calling in. <laughs> hey, baby. You. I'll meet you. I think I think it's I think it's I think it's Doctor Don's wife. <laughs> Like one uh, kind of four little word that she mentioned there. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so I, I had you muted sh- shortly after I heard you say, "Hey, baby." I was like, "Oh, this is probably a oh, personal okay. call." So I okay. muted you there. Okay. Uh, I assume... oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That was my wife telling me she's on her way home. Yeah, uh, she forgot. <laughs> no That's worries. okay, and I really had to answer that. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, I, no, if it I'm, were my lady, I'd have done the same. So yeah, yeah. I, no harm there. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, let's go ahead and we'll we'll start with the with the uh, the ice lake charts. I think will be okay. Okay. Though, yeah. yeah that, right. That's pretty good. I, there's some stuff I can say here, and and this is the la- latest thing I did. I um, uh, the first thing I want to do is uh, I want to thank. Yeah, and I just made some temp charts here, uh, put it on a thing, and and uh, so so we can look at. I'm probably not going to publish this, at least not at this point. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, you know, I want to thank uh, Super Micro for giving me access, early access uh, to this system. Oh. Uh, I think they uh, jumpstart program or something like that. Uh, but they sent me an email and said, "Hey, you want to get on and 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 uh, check out, uh, do some testing on uh, Isolate." Mm-hmm. I went, yeah, sure, awesome. So, so they, I had a remote connection for them down there, and and oh, nice. and yeah, it's, and uh, yeah, that was nice. That was nice. I appreciate that. Um, uh, because I, you know, I'm I'm curious. I'm always curious about, you know, the the new stuff. Sure. Uh, pretty. It's a. This is a significant change in platform. Okay. Um, I still kind of feel like it's. Um, <laughs> Still, like incrementally stepping forward. Okay. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, I think uh, Alder Lake is on the roadmap. I think That's for right. later yeah. this year, which will be you know complete. I mean, it looks like a serious, serious architecture change at that point. Oh. Uh, this is uh, very. There's a lot of improvement here. More cores, uh, some changes under the hood, um, and this system right here. Uh, yeah, this was a Xeon. Uh, it must be it, Xeon Platinum. It's an 8352Y, mm-hmm. and uh, that CPU is that's a 32 core CPU. So this is a dual. So this is 64 cores uh, Xeon. So th- this is okay. the highest uh, core count uh, Xeon system that that they've done. All right, um, and. Um, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it looks like, I mean, it looks like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, okay, that you know, the, I do HPC benchmarks, and and the the first thing I always I always like to run on new CPU is is uh, the uh, uh, Linpack. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, uh, HPL Linpack is how the top five hundred supercomputers are ranked. Okay. 
And so, so, and this is also a uh, uh, a program. This is code that gets optimized very, very heavily by hardware vendors, All right? Because it's a showcase for them, and it, and it's and it's a, you know, and it's it's how they are really ranked on for their head biggest machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just a good. I mean, it's really good uh, test for. Uh, double precision floating point performance just pure you know hardcore number crunching all right um it's um and and it's basically solving a big system of uh linear equations okay linpack is from an old uh library that was the the linear uh you know linear algebra pack Mm -hmm. and it was it was uh, chiefly uh for i mean this is one of the big things that it was used for us solving uh, large systems of uh, linear equations okay um but it gives it gives you very close to what the peak performance would could possibly be on a given hardware architecture and it is uh generally optimized uh, using the hardware vendors uh bloss library Okay. Okay. That's their basic linear algebra subroutines. That's the that's the core high performance custom t- tuned for the hardware numerical linear algebra compute library. Okay. And it's traditional for hardware vendors to have a real high performance uh, BLOS uh, package for their hardware, and that's uh, Intel MKL. So. Um, that's uh, heavily utilized in this. So that's where mm-hmm. a big chunk of the performance come from. So everything is highly vectorized. It's parallel It's parallel as well as it can be. Yeah, and this would scale out across multiple nodes and stuff like that too. So oh, okay, okay. This is the, the one that I run is the uh, uh, OpenMP th- uh, threaded version of the code. Okay, so this is very well suited for a single single node. But yeah, you can see here up at the top, um, uh, 2.9 teraflops, right? Wow. 20, 2,900 gigaflops. I, that still just blows me away. I mean, it was only <laughs> it was only a couple of years ago, and and testing on actually an, another dual Xeon, mm-hmm. I was like blown away. Wow, I got 500 gigaflops on this thing. You know, oh, so this wow. is like I mean, times that. Yeah, that's that's down in this space. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just on a dual, on a dual Xeon, you're saying you yeah, were, this were was playing a, this down was in a here a few years back. But wow. I mean, you know, it seems like this stuff's just been kind of incrementally going up, but it has been incrementally going up. Yeah, and you know, higher core counts, and uh, that's been the kind of main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, um, yeah, really, really doing well. Um, yeah, near uh, nearly three teraflops. In fact, I, I uh, did a bunch of uh, uh, calculations with uh, NumPy, mm-hmm. uh, a Python uh, numerical. Uh, Is further co- No, I, I don't have a, I don't have any charts on that on there. Okay, but uh, yeah, I was getting uh, you know easily three teraflops performance on you know like things that are essentially basic matrix multiply. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, go slide slide back up there to the sure. lin pack. And uh, now you can see that okay, the yeah, what's right underneath there is um, another really nice Intel system, okay? Uh-huh. Um, 
that uh, yeah, I've uh, I've got running here at, at the I've got running at the office. I've been doing oh, testing okay. on that. It's really nice, uh, and that you know that was just like mind blowing. But this one, yeah, it raises the bar on that. And then you know number three on that chart is a, a dual epic. Yeah. And that's that's a hundred. That's actually um, uh, uh, hardware that I ran on uh, uh, Microsoft Azure. Mm-hmm. So that's that was. There's actually 128 cores there. It's dual 64, but there's oh, okay. cores that are reserved out because of it's. It's you know uh, it's a cloud instance. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but the, and that's just a formidable processor. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Epic and like the uh, Threadripper. Pro New Threadripper, the fantastic, really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this uh, this Xeon was really formidable, and this is using uh, one M- MKL. This is the the current release of the MKL um, uh, numerical compute libraries. Okay. So yeah, really really good. And yeah, if you you scroll down there, you can scroll down a little bit. This is the chart that I used for. Yeah, go ahead and go so you can see the bottom. Oh. Whoop. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, this is the chart that I used in the the recent the, the Rocket Lake post, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the Rocket Lake is right there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's actually not too bad. Um, I suppose for a single you know single proc yeah, and, and more of a course, consumer you know. grade, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, my oh, cat. Poor kitty. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I might have to run out let my cat out. Yeah, that's all right. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about this chart, and then I'm, I'm, I'll let him go. Okay. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, yeah, work from home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Rocket Lake, I was actually a little bit disappointed in it because this is a big, Rocket Lake was a big shift mm-hmm. from, the, the normal core i i7 i9 whatever i mean it's a different it's different i mean rocket lake has uh, avx 512 in it yeah. it has uh, uh, a deal boost it has uh, uh, bf16 uh, float you know low precision floating point uh, uh, all these new features that you see on xeon hardware Okay, so seeing that in here is like, whoa, okay, so I expected this to be more like a Core X sure. performance, and I did not get Core X performance. Uh, yeah, you, if you look up a little bit there, I've got a, a 9800X, just a little bit higher, and that's significantly outperformed it, and that's older, and this is that's older testing, too. Interesting. So I was expecting it actually to be up in there. Kind of, yeah. So, huh. But I, I think... You know, I'm kind of mixing the stuff that I'm talking about here, but with the Rocket Lake, I I kind of feel like it's a, a transitory processor. Okay, kind of a you know they're point. they're changing the architecture and they're getting ready, I think, to uh, add more features into what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, on the on these cores and and bringing in more stuff like uh, you know AI and stuff. It's kind of a, in a way I I feel like. I don't know. Intel might not like this. I don't know. Whatever. But I feel a little bit like Intel is kind of gearing some of this stuff so that they can compete with like uh, Apple uh, M1 arm silk. Uh, oh, silicon. interesting. Okay. Because you huh. know that's a system on chip, so it has specialized chips in there, and it gives really good performance. Um, and and that's a pretty interesting thing to do. Um, 
And, you know, and Intel's doing some marketing that they're kind of like, you know, trying to beat up Apple again, whatever. <laughs> I, I you know, whatever they do that, that's fine. But I, I was, I couldn't understand why they were doing that. And then kind of Rocket Lake kind of made me go, oh, okay, maybe this is going to be a little bit of an answer to that because they can, they can do a lot of that machine learning boosting kind of thing on the core rather than with a system on chip, multiple processors. Okay, I, I hope that makes kind of sense. I don't know. I, I could be totally off pace here, you know, <laughs> Intel may call me out on it. Yeah. But that's okay. That was just kind of, I was a little bit puzzled by Rocket Lake, and I'm going, oh, okay. It's a good processor, though. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, it's good. Cool. Um, but anyway, so, okay, so I've talked about Ice Lake here, and this is raw, you know, double precision floating point. <laughs> Go ahead and scroll down, and here you're going to see one of the big changes in Ice Lake. Um, uh, HPCG, this is the high-performance conjugate gradient uh, benchmark. Okay. This is the secondary benchmark on the top 500 supercomputer list. Okay. Um, people were, were kind of questioning the the value of, um, of Linpack as a really good performance measure because it only really measures just it doesn't measure things like performance and io and network oh, performance and all this okay. stuff like that and so they they wanted a benchmark that was more representative of like real world applications makes sense yeah and uh yeah hpcg this is a uh like a multi-grid um uh, solver that you you know you would pro use like for solving uh, uh, systems of differential equations and stuff like that. Yeah. You've, you've got a grid, and you, but this these this is a this is a common scenario, especially on on uh, HPC, uh, where you're doing simulations mm -hmm. that may be you know uh, large numbers of differential equations and stuff like that, simulating physical uh, phenomena, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And. Um, a good friend of mine's got a, a wonderful application. Is high, and this this is memory bound. These are things that oh. are bound by memory performance. Okay. Because there's there's a lot of communication because you have a grid and, you, and you're computing like potentials or some kind of uh, values between points on a grid. Okay. And then you know this grid can expand, and so you've got all this kind of stuff hopping around all over. It winds up being uh, bottlenecked by memory performance. Hmm. And if it's on a big cluster, it gets bottlenecked by network performance and all kinds of things. So it's a pretty good measure. It's a pretty good yeah. measure. And it's so it's added into the uh, top 500 uh, uh, valuation now. Okay. Uh, but I like to use it because this this shows some real world stuff. It's like, yeah, sure. hey, a lot of stuff. And every now and then people get caught off guard. And they go, oh, man, I got this great processor, you know, like the original Threadripper. Mm -hmm. Got all those cores, but it only had, you know, a couple not enough memory channels ah. and for people that had memory bound code they're going to thinking they're going to have great performance because of all the cores and it winds up being severely memory limited bummer so so this is this is what that is measuring and this is where this ice lake is really stand out here this is the yeah that's great this is way up there <clears throat> um i've got a friend that keeps track of of these uh benchmarks i i haven't given them this one yet <laughs> Um, but that's that's exceptionally fantastic uh, memory performance. Um, 
Guys, I yeah. severely apologize, but my cat is going to take my leg off if I don't let him out. <laughs> sure, I, no worries. I, I'm going to. I'll be zoom right back. Sure, we'll we'll, uh, we'll have a couple. We'll have a couple questions when you get back to. You. Okay, sounds great. Great. Okay. <laughs> so we'll hold on just a little bit here. Wait for Dr. Don to come back. Thank you guys. Thank you all for your patience and for the questions as well. Andre and Rob, uh, we'll get we'll get to you in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, part of the part of the fun of doing live content is you know things happen. We got to take care of uh, especially the animals. Poor little kitty. We got to go out take care of business. So we'll be just a few moments, just like that. Lickety split. Easy peasy. Welcome back. Okay, thank you. Uh, now my my leg is safe <laughs> for the time being. <laughs> so before we hop back to the to the HPCG benchmark stuff, um, we had a couple of questions. Rob Christian on YouTube says Erlang and Elixir make distributed computing easy to code, but what is the best hardware for maximizing the potential of this technology, and how to maximize our capacity to do it concurrently? Woo. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll, I'll get back to that. Okay, <laughs> uh, I, I won't be able to give you a really good answer. I, you know, I'm, but it's very, very, very much related. I'm when I talk about one ADI. Okay. Okay. So then let so me just, maybe we can squeeze this one in instead. How important, uh, Andre? Uh, I'm not going to butcher your last name, so I apologize. But he, he is asking, how important is the AVX 512 component to, of this performance? Is it going to catalyze the transition for devs and AMD as well? Okay, that's a really good, that, okay, that's a good question, and that's directly related to this. Um, on on uh, like the Limpack, that, mm -hmm. that vector unit at the uh, AVX 512, that's a big plus, okay? Okay. Um, there's a lot I could say about this and Intel <laughs> and AMD, right? Sure, sure. Um, uh, current AMD is uh, um, is is using the the uh, AVX2, the AVX256. Mm -hmm. That's the bit width of the uh, vector registers, um, and that's a very good vector unit. Okay, okay. so. Um, it works quite well, and in reality, in most, in a lot of real-world programs, um, it does very, very well. Okay, so so AVX the AVX five twelve the the I I hate to give you this answer, but it's important when it is. Mm -hmm. I, I hate that. I'm sorry, <laughs> but, but but that's really the truth. Um, if if. If you have an application where it's really exceptionally well vectorized, okay, that that usually means that people were very diligent about how they did their code and they did some extra tuning and stuff like that. Then yeah, then it can make a big difference. Um, and you see this. Uh, uh, this is I could talk about this one for the whole hour. Okay, but but uh, MKL is a fantastic library. It's a mm. fantastic library, and I'll give you just a couple things here because this is actually really quite nice. This is and it's very relevant. Um, uh, first of all, AMD has their own their own optimized library that's called okay. Blitz. They I saw Blitz. I saw that on your on the chart before. There, I was wondering about the difference. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bliss, Bliss two, two point two versus the uh, MKL that you have yeah. here. Yeah, and and the 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 Bliss library is still fairly immature. Okay. Uh, it's at version three now, though. 
Okay. Oh. So it and and that has support for uh, upcoming uh, Epic Milan, and it has support for uh, the um, the Ryzen Zen mm -hmm. three. Okay. So that's that's looking good. The the but but still, there's a lot of optimization work to be done there. Mm -hmm. It will happen this year. Oh, super. Okay, because of uh, the Frontier supercomputer going in at Oak Ridge. That's right. Right? That's, mm -hmm. AMD, that's an AMD box. Mm -hmm. Like a giant box, right? Yeah, it will probably be the fastest computer in the world when it's up. Uh, yeah, nice. They're, they're in the middle of it. They're in the middle of it right now. But that's so that's a very, very important mm -hmm. system. So there will be a lot of tuning work going on for the AMD hardware. Ah, super. So the, the, the scientific community, all these people will be vested in making that stuff better. And that includes uh, AMD GPUs, <gasps> MI100 uh, accelerators. Nice. Okay, so this is going to be very, very interesting stuff for uh, AMD coming up. Yeah. Uh, I think their ecosystem will improve uh, dramatically as a result of this. And they, I, you know, not as a slam to them, but they really need it. <laughs> um, because, uh, and, I, and I'll touch on that with, with uh, Intel's ecosystem around one API. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, so yeah, so MKL can make a difference. Uh, I, I, um, I just copied these two charts in here. I've got uh, uh, other charts in there um, or other testing that I did mm -hmm. um, that was uh, for NAMD, uh, uh, a molecular dynamics package. Actually, you know, if you scroll down, th this is stuff that I did for uh, uh, Rocket Lake. I just threw these on here so I got heads oh, up. Okay. Yeah, go, go, uh, keep, go down towards near the, the bottom for the last of the charts. Keep going. Oh, NAMD, there's the NAMD stuff. There's okay, the NAMD here we go. Stuff. Now, okay. Um, now, this new, the Ice Lake would slot in between the uh, the Threadripper Pro and the uh, Dual Epic in there. So it would be number two under the, the Epic. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, and and that's because this this is a real world application. It's this is very good code. NAMD is fantastic mm -hmm. program, and it's it's a supercomputer application. It scales out very very well. It has great GPU acceleration, and you would never run it on CPU alone. I mean, well, there are places times when you have to. Sure. Okay. Um, but. Um, but yeah, so this would this falls in the middle in there, and so this is kind of lessening the impact of that MKL library. Okay, because it's really not you; it's not used in there. There's some some other stuff that's being used. So so that kind of that kind of answers your question a little bit. There, like um, the the other thing in there that just kind of throws a monkey wrench into a lot of stuff, and it's given people grief over the last couple of years, as, as since uh, AMD has been come come back, right? It really quite mm -hmm. strong. The um, uh, the uh, there's been controversy about uh, MKL because it, you know and Intel was dominant for like ten years because AMD just disappeared. <laughs> And so applications started finally, and, and Intel made uh, MKL uh, redistributable. 
and so 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 programs started linking mkl library into their executables by default and and the thing is that um it's designed for intel hardware and intel had it uh, set so that if it was not intel hardware it would choose a less optimized code path oh okay oh, right. And that and that was a that was that's a huge one. That's a very sore spot for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. This goes way. This goes back twenty years, guys. This, there's there's a lot of history here. Rude. Um, and uh, but it it came came up again because AMD came back in a strong way, um, and also because MKL started getting linked by default. Anaconda Python they link all the numerical stuff in there. Uh, MKL MATLAB is linked with okay. MKL very important packages right yeah so intel had big advantage in there um the thing is intel has has they're not using that that really kind of like common denominator code path anymore they're using actually a fairly good uh, fairly well optimized code path okay and so amd actually does really quite well now on programs like like uh uh uh, like you know, uh, NumPy and and uh, MATLAB and stuff like that. It's actually performance is, is good, nice. um, and you have alternative libraries that you can use with those programs too. You have um, uh, OpenBloss, which mm-hmm. is really quite good, uh, really quite good library. Um, but the thing is, you're not really gonna t- you're not gonna take a big hit anymore uh, on things like MATLAB and stuff like that if you're on AMD hardware, and that's you know. Okay, kudos to Intel for for doing the right thing there, and, <laughs> and you know, keep, keeping people from trying from do, having to do kind of hacks and stuff, trying to work around that. Uh, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, that's a good thing. Um, so that was that was kind of that was back on that AVX five four. Like I said, I could go on about that one for a whole hour, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, the, the that HPCG result for um ice lake stellar and that's because yeah they're way way back up there on the, oh. the first two first thing it's right, right there this one this yeah. one yeah that's yeah. the one because it got the dance <laughs> um yeah that's really good and that's using uh that's using intel's optimized uh hpcg benchmark code and that's uh in at, at, it's in the benchmarks directory in the, the uh, one M- MKL. Okay. So it, it's it's optimized by Intel. Okay. So it's it's very good. Um, but the thing is, there these the the these new zeros are have eight channel memory. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is really nice. That was a big advantage that uh, Epic had, and Threadripper Pro also has that eight channel mm-hmm. memory. And so th- that's actually, it's pretty important. You got, you got to be able to move stuff in and out of memory. So, so this, uh, the, the ice light takes a big jump, big jump. Yeah. On that. Um, and that's that eight channel memory plus higher memory speed is so the, uh, you know, 3,200 megahertz. Mm-hmm. I, um, so yeah, so that's ice lake is nice. It's a very, is very impressive. This is the architecture chain. You have uh, PCIe four on here, um, so yeah, this is nice. Again, 
really looking forward to the end of the year. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but that I think that's I think that's good on you know on uh, talking about the the processors and stuff here. Sure. One last yeah. question before we move on to the next topic. Oh, sure. uh, Some sec asks, what is the peak memory bandwidth of the Xeon eighty three fifty two Huawei? I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't check it. And I haven't seen the specs. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't really answer that. Um, I. It should be. I okay. Intel launched this mm-hmm. uh, like on the sixth, so I, I think that the technical specs should be posted, and I have not seen them. You know, I apologize for not uh, being on top of that, but but it's good. <laughs> I can guarantee <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, it's it looks really good. HPCG uh, uh, is an excellent benchmark for uh, for. In fact, some people go, "Why do you why are you doing HPCG when you could just do stream the stream memory benchmark?" Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's kind of comparable in there for comparative performance. But I don't I don't know the actual you know the specs on the, uh, the actual bandwidth there. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> All right. The next part, then we jump into one one API. Let's go to one API because I can get back to that uh, interesting question about uh, Erlang and, and stuff like that. Sure. Um, one API. Oh, you got my post here. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to talk about one API actually several weeks ago uh, because I was looking at it and I had. I had wanted to look at one API since I had talked to uh, some of the devs and the pe- people in the project at uh, supercomputing a few years ago when I was talking to them in person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember when I when I uh, talked to him and I was going, oh, what, what, what are you guys doing? What is this one API stuff? And he explained to me and I was going, okay, yeah, it's really ambitious. <laughs> and it is ambitious, but they've made a really... Uh, I mean, they're rolling on it, and it's at release one now. I mean, that okay. happened uh, early in the year. Um, and kind of in a nutshell, the 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 idea behind one API and the reason for the name mm-hmm. is they're trying to make a, they're they're abstracting away a lot of hardware stuff to make a programming model that is um, heterogeneous. Oh. For hardware, so 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 uh, CPUs, GPUs, uh, FPGAs, accelerators of various kinds. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, in a transparent way, and uh, nice. And one of the the and if this is also one API is also bundled all of Intel Intel's really quite nice uh, developer tools. Okay. Okay. So one so one API has got is it has a new compiler in it, which I'll come back to in just a second. But it's got the uh, the old old still current uh, <laughs> Intel, uh, Intel C C plus plus compiler Intel Fortran compiler, which is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, all the libraries uh, and the really nice packages for uh, profiling and analysis. Mm. They they have uh, V two analyzer and they they have. Um, there's there's several package packages. I don't remember all the names off the top of my head, but they're really good. They're really good. I mean, you could dig really deep into a program with those things. I mean, down to you know the machine code if you want. Wow. So you can, so it's really good for for tuning those all and all of that stuff. 
was a commercial offering from Tell. You used to have to pay like $2,500 a year license for it. Dang. And that's all in one API, and you can download it and fire it up. Cool. Wow. Okay, so it's really nice. This is really nice. So so all these nice tools from, that Intel's had all this time, they're now readily available. Wow. Uh, and in and they're doing this in in a cohesive way. Nice. Now, back to that the question on parallel performance and programming mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's exactly what they're trying to address here. And the the their avenue of addressing that is uh, what they're calling uh, data parallel C++, DPC++. Um, This is their implementation of uh, SICL, okay, Mm S-Y-C-L. And this, that's, that's a a program model, a specification from the Kronos group. Okay, the same people that um, that do uh, OpenCL. Okay. Okay. Um, and and the 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 goal here is 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 exactly this hardware abstraction. Okay, and there's several implementations of this. Uh, One API is is Intel's implementation. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is this is the big kind of key. This is their key here, is. Um, to provide a C++ that is essentially automatically parallel, regardless of the hardware you're running it on. Okay. Okay, that's an oversimplification, but um, that's basically the idea. They're abstracting away the hardware layer and to present a programming API um, for developing code that can, can move that can take advantage of multiple types of hardware and simultaneously. Cool. Okay. Good. So okay. this is very important for them. And you know, yeah. this is, this is, you know, Intel's been buying these nice um, AI chip companies. That's true. And yeah. they've, they've got their own really great uh, FPGAs. Mm-hmm. They're doing their own GPU. That's going to be for compute. So yeah. all of this stuff is very, very key to Intel. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's what one API is about, and it's it's um, and it's also an opportunity for them to get their ecosystem in order. Okay, their developer ecosystem, kind of under one umbrella. Um, nice. And so, and which is a very good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I I always refer to uh, Nvidia on that because right. Nvidia just defined, they set the bar really high yeah. on what it should be. It and sounds, Intel it sounds, is doing a good job with this. Yeah, it sounds like from what you've been describing, like a similar um, kind of mindset that CUDA and Nvidia yeah. did with CUDA. It's like if we're if we want people to 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 do this, let's make it as easy as possible for them. Yes. And yeah. it, it sounds like a direct attack at NVIDIA. Well, maybe yeah. attack might be a little harsh, it's but it's, it's, it's definitely attack, like the same kind of path for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, cool. I, everybody, I think, kind of has to points back to NVIDIA as really setting the standard on, on how things should be done. They were just brilliant with the CUDA ecosystem. Yeah. That's why they're, I mean, and they well, just, man, their man. role of with it very forward thinking like yeah incredibly smart yeah to know. yeah and it was risky for him to do it at the time <laughs> sure you know, they, they stuck their necks out but people were experimenting with their hardware and they went Ooh, <sighs> yeah 
help them with that. And they really helped with that. So, so yeah, that changed history. No, no doubt about it. But, but, um, but yeah, uh, one API is quite impressive. If you're on Intel hardware, I, and you're doing development work, um, if you're doing, you know, if you're doing C, C++, Fortran, anything like that, oh, and, and there's more to it. Oh, but wait. But wait. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, yeah, you you go ahead and grab it and, and you know, try stuff out and check things out. Um, you know, there's other great, uh, this stuff is, um, uh, works on Windows also. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have to you have to install Microsoft's you know Visual Studio and all that like you always have to do. Um, but One API is supported in on Windows. Nice. Um, so so you can do it there too. All this stuff. Um, and but there's a lot in here. They uh, and just kind of on the but this the, this is kind of going back to that that parallel computing thing with Erlang. The, there's languages that have been developed specifically for they they the languages themselves contain the uh, instructions and they're designed for parallel execution, you know, out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have not had lots of traction. Uh, they're very quite good, you know. Um, uh, yeah, he mentioned Erlang and there's Haskell and. I, he mentioned another one. I forgot. Elixir. Oh, Elixir, yeah. And um, yeah, those are very interesting languages, very interesting models, but they, they haven't had a lot of uptake. And mm. so until I have a little bit, I'm not a big fan of C++, to tell you the truth. Oh. Um, I've struggled with it several times and gone, oh, ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and now, you know, I mean, it's it's I go all the way back from the very beginning was C++, okay? Yeah. And, uh, but uh, I don't, never really cared for it. If I'm going to do stuff like that, I, want, I just want to do Fortran. Okay. Uh, if I'm doing that kind of programming. Sure. and But I'm really spoiled by high-level languages, like uh, like Python. Mm-hmm. With, you know, not Python itself, but the packages with Python, like NumPy, stuff like that. And lately, I do... I'm doing scientific computing with PyTorch and TensorFlow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These machine libraries are machine learning libraries are not just for machine learning. They are fantastic general purpose numerical tools. Numerical wow. tools. Um, really, really nice. Really, really nice. And that's what I, I feel is the stronger way forward. Okay. Higher level languages and all that but sure. C++ plus is so important mm-hmm. and especially for um, you know on on new hardware because it's a system level language right okay so and and if yeah these the stuff that's going on right now is basically doing uh, automatic parallelization okay with just your normal C++ code so this is that's mm-hmm. It's actually a game changer. It's pretty, it's very significant. Yeah. My hope is that Intel, I would love to see Intel jump feet first into Julia. Julia. Okay. Uh, because that's a great, that's a, the most promising uh, numerical compute language ever. <laughs> ever. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I 
dying to have the time to dive in there. But uh, unfortunately, I really haven't. I've only messed around a little bit. And I've been keeping an eye on them for a long time. Man, they're really picking up steam. Cool. Um, so I think uh, Julia's got a really, really strong future. And I would love to see Intel get behind it in a bigger way. I think they can. I think it would be good for everybody. Sure. Um, but that's okay. There's a little. Yeah. Well, it sounds like anything to make it easier, right? Anything to kind of save time and and make it a little easier for people to get into it. Yeah, it's totally modern. I mean, it's it's really, you know, C plus plus and Fortran are are there ancient, right? Sure. Well, it's like it's like I when I was into programming, I really liked C sharp. It it was it was easy. It it made coding they dev they showed us c plus plus a little bit too so that we could understand like memory structures and things but like wow jump into this was when c sharp was like almost brand spanking new and the difference it's just it's easier it might be like bloated like i guess there's some you know automatic garbage collection and things but like it's so much easier and so I feel like making it so that more people can kind of get into it. And then the people who really need the super crazy efficiency or whatnot can dive into the more complicated stuff. Yes. C sharp is interesting. I mean, it, that was Microsoft's um, version of Java, if you will. I, I can see that connection. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. really what it was. <laughs> Though I have to say uh, Java, Java programming wasn't that great. Ah, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> it was a very nice implementation of that basic idea. Okay. Sure. Um, but yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so there, yeah, programming is, programming is, is hard. Scientific programming is really hard. Yeah, no doubt. Mathematic, mathematical programming. <laughs> Um, and you want things to make it as easy as possible for yourself. And I, I just love using like PyTorch and TensorFlow off purpose. Sure. You know, because they're really oh, cool. good. Uh, I'm going to be actually, I'll plug a little bit. I'm going to be doing, uh, I'm starting a series. I'm going to uh, be diving back into machine learning. <gasps> but I'm going to, I'm going to do, I, I want to do a bunch of stuff where I compare actual like things that are essentially NumPy APIs in NumPy, Intel, Python, which I'll, mm-hmm. I'll bring up in just a second, uh, Anaconda, Python, TensorFlow has a NumPy API now. Ooh. And PyTorch has basically been like a NumPy API from the beginning. And there's a new one from Google called Pax that is a NumPy uh implementation for like accelerators you know tpus and gpus and all that okay. kind of stuff so those things are all really cool it's like hey well i can probably just write kind of basically the same code and run all of these different frameworks libraries and and kind of show some probably some really neat stuff yeah. um i've got kind of a plan there and i'm i'm really looking forward to doing that i hope it's um um i think it should be good it should be some really good posts on that really it should be really interesting and i hope to promote actually general use of uh, a lot of this stuff but uh, that kind of gets me back to uh, one api mm-hmm. one of the things that's part of one pa one api is that intel has their own python distribution okay so this is this is their distribution and the 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 very important numerical libraries and stuff like that is is you know the the biggest the most important python libraries python is all about the external packages okay <laughs> python just glues this great stuff together right sure but this is uh intel's build of all of those tools okay so there it's it's an optimized python 
done by Intel. It's it's uh, it's really quite good. That's part of one API also. And mm -hmm. the blog post that I did mm -hmm. uh, here a while back, I did two posts. Um, this would be the one and, about Conda then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first the first one. Um, which one is this? This is. The, uh, so this is the first one, just okay. uh, regular intro. Yeah, this one, this one here. This is I'm in this post. This is this is a good. I think this is a good post. If you want to, because uh, navigating the One API pages on Intel and and there's a separate site for One API too because mm -hmm. a lot of this is open. Uh, and so it, it's it's there's an oak kind of open specification stuff going on there a lot so there's cross yeah but it, it can be pretty confusing uh diving into the one api and i've had people thank me for going thank you for explaining what one api was and giving us this information that we need to navigate the site uh, but so this post here, I, I introduce it. I, I and and if you want to know about it, I I'm not just trying to toot my own horn there, but it's, it's pretty good. I think it's kind of a service, um, honestly, because yeah. it was pretty confusing when I was dive, trying to navigate around uh, all the Intel stuff. It's massive because there's a lot of stuff here. Um, but in this post, I describe what it is, kind of what all is in there. And I go through, scroll down a little bit. I go through, um, yeah, this is all the stuff that's in there, man. I mean, it's just that's a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and um, links all over the place. That's, <laughs> that's valuable for you. Uh, I wanted to get all those in there so people can have a way to navigate things easily. Wow. And um, and then there's instructions on, and I, I have instructions in here for uh, doing a, the one API uh, uh, base setup. Mm -hmm. um, um, and uh, uh, you can scroll down a little bit on there. Pretty straightforward. Uh, and I highly suggest, I highly recommend that, first of all, I recommend that if you're on Intel hardware, I, I recommend that you try this out. I'm recommending <laughs> to grab it. Sure. Um, might as well. It's free. Yeah. And, but don't do it. Don't you don't use sudo. If you, okay. You're on Linux. Don't use sudo when you install this because you okay. probably don't want to install this globally and, and uh, you know, and have it, you know, mess with all your paths and all that stuff. If you're setting up for people on a multi-user system and all that, yeah, that's what you would want to do. But I recommend that you try this personally first. And if you install this uh, locally with your own user account, it will install everything in uh, the Intel directory, in your home directory. Mm -hmm. So everything is in there. And then you just have to source one uh, shell script in there to set up the environment for all of the libraries and all the tools and all the paths and everything that's in there. So that works out really well. And that's, um, uh, so I recommend, that's what I recommend. Yeah. Have it in your own personal local install, uh, activate, you know, activate, source that script when you want to have all that stuff on your path. Um, and then you can go in there and mess around with it. When I did this post, I left out, uh, you can see that one little, that scroll down just a little bit where you were, that um, there's all the little check marks. There's one I didn't check there. And that was the Intel distribution of Python. Mm -hmm. The reason I left it out here, and it's okay to go ahead and add that in at this point, uh, if you're doing this uh, in your own account and stuff like that, but I wanted to do that separate. Sure. Um, 
because I, I didn't want to, I wanted to be able to activate uh, all of the Intel tools and the compilers and all that stuff while I'm, but not have Intel Python on my path. Okay. Okay. So, because I, I usually use uh, Conda, I usually use Miniconda or Anaconda for my uh, Python setup, either that or, or python.org, you know, virtually in Visa or whatever. It's, it gets messy keeping everything straight. It can really get uh, convoluted. You have multiple pythons on on your system. Sure. Um, so my recommendation in that post was that you not do that here. Um, but you certainly you totally can. And and uh, when you activate all of those things, then you will you will have the Intel Python on your path, and, and you and it has its own conda is the oh. thing. So so when you when you run conda then that conda is going to be the one that shows up on your path ah. if that if that makes any sense conda is used for is a package manager for uh python it's really really quite nice uh, but you use that for creating virtual environments and setting up uh, uh environments for uh tasks that you're working on and stuff like that sure and um uh, and I usually have a conda that I'm using by default, and I didn't really want the Intel one creeping in in front of that. Mm -hmm. That makes any sense. Um, so that was my recommendation there. You can go ahead and put it in there, though, because it, it's only going to be active there when you have the, that whole one API stuff activated. And you can selectively activate stuff in there, too. Oh, cool. Um, but so so that was that's the 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 basic kind of overview of one API and how to get it going. Mm -hmm. The the second post, um, this is the one that I did here where uh, I talked about the AI analytics toolkit, which is an, another component of one API. And this includes the, uh, actually quite a few things. This is Intel Python and it's Intel's optimized uh, PyTorch and TensorFlow. Uh, they have uh, uh, a nicely optimized uh, uh, gradient boosting code in there, XGBoost in there. Um, so a lot of good stuff in there. And you can install all of that, the Intel Python and the full, this full AI toolkit from conda with from your anaconda setup mm. okay and that's so that's what i've got in this post so that so what you do there um is um yeah you scroll down a little bit here i'm you know i'm talking about what's actually in this toolkit and it's loaded <laughs> um but you go down a little bit yeah the tensorflow pytorch and modin this is like a replacement for uh pandas Okay. Uh, but it's it's parallel parallel and high performance so so some very very good tools in here very nice uh, data science tools that uh, yeah if you're doing data science and you wind up doing a lot of uh, processing on the CPU side um, then yeah you, mm, yeah you might want to check this out there's some good stuff in here I haven't I haven't dove real deep into you know into using the stuff yet um, but yeah it's really good um, yeah and then I've got here you know there's 300 packages on the Intel channel or whatever so there's a lot of good stuff in Intel Python but yeah you go down a little bit and I'll show you for people that know what I'm you know what I'm talking about here with the Python install um, uh, okay, what I, I just really quickly did a thing here where I install a mini conda. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, which is actually what I use now kind of by default for my uh, for my Python setups. Uh, I use Miniconda and then I create ENV specifically for anything that I want to do. I do that rather than then install the big package of Anaconda. Okay. Okay, so I do the Miniconda, which is very minimal, and then I just do what I need. Um, so that's that. But then this next section, the... Uh, yeah, the toolkits here. There's there's three toolkits, and so and I created them each in their own, um, in their own environment. Mm -hmm. So so this right here is using a conda from the mini conda. Okay, not the one that was built in. If you installed that on on the base one API, right? Right. This is the reason I didn't do that because I wanted to put this in an in an ENV using my my Miniconda setup. Okay. So so that right there is creating an environment for the TensorFlow component. Uh, there's and that shows all the packages that are in there. Um, and then you know, and then I have you set up the uh, Jupyter notebook, the IPy kernel, and all that kind of stuff, uh, and set that up so you can fire it up with Jupyter Lab or or um, uh, Jupyter notebooks, and and use Intel's uh, TensorFlow. Uh, then I do the same thing um, for the um, uh, back. Go scroll. Oh, up I go too fast. PyTorch. Yeah, I did the same thing for PyTorch. Mm -hmm. So this is the Intel's optimized. So this is CPU optimized, okay? Okay. Uh, now, normally, for a lot of the deep learning stuff, you're gonna you're using these libraries. You're going to be doing stuff on GPU. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is on the CPU side. This stuff will be <laughs> Intel's secret sauce when they get their GPU and their accelerators and all that. Mm -hmm. That's where this stuff is going to come in. Okay. Okay, okay. sure. So if you're wondering what Intel's up to, that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, the Mo the Moden toolkit is something that if you're doing data science, you're working a lot with Pandas and, you and you're doing some traditional um, uh, machine learning things, uh, not necessarily neural networks and stuff like that. Check this out. Um, that looks really good. Um, but this is the same thing, setting up an environment specifically for that component of the one API AI toolkit. Oh, I have got a little thing in there with a fail. That, is, that <laughs> it actually works fine. <laughs> Ignore that. Oh, I, I I had some trouble, and it was because Oops. of path stuff uh, with the the Moden one, and that was because of because um, uh, it requires Conda Forge. Okay. And. Uh, so, if anybody that's done all this stuff will know what I'm talking about. You get dependencies that kind of uh, give you a headache. But I, I've I've got uh, a solution in here. But it shouldn't give you any trouble. It just it it turned out that uh, the setup that when I did this on it, it was not ideal. Ah. Okay. Um, so I got that, and that wound up in the post. Sorry. But yeah, it works. It works as it as it should be. You shouldn't really get any surprises there. Cool. Uh, but anyway, so that you know that kind of that kind of sums up um, the stuff going on with one API. And the the really the reason that it's most interesting. And I keep saying this is that you know Intel to me feel. I mean Intel is in a very much in a transition period. Yes, it it definitely feels that way. Yeah, uh, Gelsinger, <laughs> CEO back in. Back in the saddle, he's really, really, really good. 
Yeah. Really, really good. He's brought back a lot of old old Intel people have come back. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, uh, welcome back, uh, Dr. Rangers. Oh. <laughs> there, there's some some really good people that essentially kind of got like mm, they left Intel. Yeah. And they were really good people. And they're they're now back. So oh, there's cool. an entirely new attitude at Intel right now. And I think everybody there is pretty pumped up. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's nice. This is uh, I think probably the best shape that Intel's been in in a decade. You know, awesome. as far as as far as their their future going forward, things mm-hmm. look really really good at Intel right now. Oh, great. Um, and um, they're doing all the right stuff. You know, new fabs. They're and and being not so. Mine, mine, mine. You know, they're being over. We're okay. We're going to fab processors that people need, you know, because they're really good at it. They need to do what they're really good at, their core stuff. Yeah. Um, so I am pretty optimistic about uh, stuff going on with Intel. It looks really good. They've got new hardware coming up that will be really significant architecture changes. The stuff that's going on kind of right now feels a little bit transitory to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of that is marketing. And I mean, they've, you know, and plus they've, they've had these projects in the works and, and they're, they're going through their cycles of, of putting stuff out, but they're knocking stuff out really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think towards the end of the year, the beginning of next year, we're going to see some big changes. Cool. And some significant new hardware should open up some really interesting alternatives, some more possibilities. So, yeah, it looks really, really strong for Intel. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm happy for him. I, I'm glad to see that, you know, they because I was not too keen on Intel for quite a while there. Sure, they had sure. some CEO problems. Bob Swan was great, you know, as an intermediary. He kind of got things damage control and got things kind of back in order. And Gil Singer is going to be fantastic. Yeah. So I I'm excited. Yeah, it's yeah. It, cool. it looks really looks really good for Intel, and I I am uh, yeah, you know. I, Things look really good for AMD too. Oh sure. I mean, the competition is so good. One thing about this, you know, I'm talking about performance and three teraflops on the CPU. Crying out loud, man! Everything right now, everything is really good. Everybody's stuff is really good. It's not like oh yeah, this is better than this is better than it's all good. Yeah, it's for sure. all good. It's never been better. I mean, I, uh, I can say that almost any time in history. It's never been better. Yeah. It's true, and it's looking really good. Um, yeah, AMD is doing some really exciting stuff. And I, I'm, I, it's great. Uh, Lisa Sue is fantastic. You know, mm. she just completely transformed AMD, brought them back to their glory. Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, and their hardware is. I mean, they're doing great. I mean, we're using a lot of their stuff because it's just really quite good. Fantastic! It's amazing. Yeah, it's really quite good. It's, yeah, it's surprising, you know, because we hadn't used it for a long time. I think, like, you know, uh, uh, William had that chart up where he showed kind of our stuff. Oh yeah. It's like, oh my god, yeah, it's been a long time since we've been really heavily on uh, AMD. I mean, yeah. I used AMD a lot back in, when I was doing clusters. Sure. Uh, you know, it was all Opron. I mean, that was the processor of choice, but then it just went away. They just died for like ten years. They were gone. Yeah. Yeah. And Intel took over, you know, I mean, they just dominated. 
Um, but AMD's back now in a really good way. They're making rapid progress. The supercomputer contracts they've got going on, you know, Frontier uh, this year, and then El Capitan, I think, uh, 2023. Wow. And that's going to be massive machine, massive machine. That's all in all AMD hardware again. Wow. Wow. So... Uh, so, so AMD is, is strong. You know their GPU stuff should be real strong. Uh, wow, wow, I'm over. Yeah. So real quick, just maybe two questions before we wrap it up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Timo TT on YouTube asked: um, Is overclocking very much useful for uh, scientific use? If you think about increased electricity consumption. You know what? You don't need to do it anymore. Honestly, it, it's. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world, but we don't encourage it. It's it's hard on your hardware. It's hard on everything. And um, your performance gains are usually not that great. Right. And you're, you're lowering the life expectancy of your hardware, and you're risking, worst of all, in scientific programming, you're risking spurious errors. Oh, sure. Because you're pushing things over their spec. Now, that's one view of it the other thing is hardware is so good right now and it's designed to run very hot mm-hmm. but it's optimized like crazy yeah you know all these little changes and all these little tweaks and all these little power tuning and stuff that they're doing on the hood they're they're doing all of the practical overclocking for you mm-hmm. so i don't i don't even think you need to bother with it honestly um your gains are probably not going to be very great if anything at all um so i yeah i don't i don't recommend it um you know that's just you know that's my opinion and and um if you want to do it and you i think you're pretty safe to overclock these days i think it's safer to overclock now than it ever has been because the uh the hardware is so good the hardware is it's really really quite good and it will take abuse gpus will take a lot more abuse than they used to oh for sure you know in back in the old days beginning of gpu compute with nvidia we used to burn those things up yeah pretty regular right (laughs) and and the wisdom was don't whatever you do do not buy an overclocked gpu right okay because they was almost guaranteed to fail within three months if you're doing compute right uh but now man that's those things can run really hot and uh and they power them like crazy 350 watts on the on the 39 come on <laughs> yeah i i I, I power limited that thing down to 270 watts and lost just a couple percent of performance right you know so i mean they're just pushing the stuff out to the max it's not necessary yeah um yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then just before we wrap it up, Gray Tower on Twitch is asking, anything specific you're looking for coming up that gets you excited? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've already mentioned it a little bit. But, yeah, okay. First of all, you know, Intel's looking at – there. I'm looking t- towards the end of the year for Intel to be going, whoa. Uh, but next week, Matt, if you haven't signed up, uh, GTC starts next week, okay? Yeah. Uh, Monday, I think, uh, is the keynote. Yeah, keynotes on Monday. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I love Jensen, man. He's I just great. love that guy. That guy loves his company. He it's, loves his company. He loves his. People. Oh yeah, yeah. He, I mean, seriously, that. Uh, so Nvidia's is awesome. I love them. So I disagree with them sometimes. They go, "Why are you doing that?" Yeah, but but man, there's no question about 
uh, uh, Jensen's love for the company and his people, and and it's pretty. And all the people I talked to there, it's mutual. You know, and uh, very exciting. Um, I don't know what all we're going to see at GTC, but it will be good. And if you haven't registered, I go ahead and, and register for it. It's free, and man, and it, Nvidia is doing a really great job with the streams. The last one, there was a kind of a uh, intermediate one. This is like the big one, right? Um, there was one a few months ago, and it was like, whoa, this is a big improvement over the first one they did at the beginning of the pandemic. Okay, so that's looking really good. I highly recommend you register. Look at the talks. Go in. There's there's bound to be some cool stuff that you can check out. Um, you know, check out the keynote. I don't know what they're going to be announcing. I have some ideas on some things. Um, I'm hopeful on some others, but I don't know. Uh, but that's where I'm going to be next week. And that's also, I am, I've been wanting to get back into really seriously working on the GPU programming stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of my start back on that. So I plan on focusing. I've got a man, I've got, uh, I've got four uh, A100 GPUs sitting in a box. Jealous. These things are really, really good, man. (laughs) Insanely good. I'm doing scientific computing on them. and they're really good. Um, and yeah, so I'm really looking forward to getting back into the GPU computer and the machine learning stuff. Um, this is a big, you know, I, man, I look back and I was going, God, I haven't written anything on, on really, I haven't really done any machine learning stuff for like over a year, mm-hmm. over a year and a half. It's like, oh man, please, I've got to get back into this because I love it. Sure. I love it. I mean, this is really nice stuff. And it's all it's all scientific computing. It's all the same under the hood. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, really good stuff. So so yeah, machine learning. Uh that's where I'm headed back in and uh and a lot more stuff on the GPU. Um I'm hopefully I'm gonna get away from so much hardware testing. (laughs) Brutal stop, guys. Stop it. (laughs) It's all good. Whatever. If you if you can make it and get it to us, we'll sell it. I guarantee. Right. right. Because that's all good. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, thanks for asking me that because Mm -hmm. you can tell I'm excited. Register for GTC and check it out. I feel like this. Well, we're, we're. I think it's gonna be pretty quiet until closer to the end of the year as far as hardware launches and stuff. I, think, I hope so. I think we're pretty okay so. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got plans for the summer. I plan on doing some some science and doing a lot of machine learning stuff and and putting some stuff out like that And because I really need it. I, I mean, I've got to do it. Yeah. You know, keeps me sane or whatever that <laughs> all of sanity is. Right in that line between madness yeah, and genius. In there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, Don. That, uh, that does bring us about 10 minutes over our hour. Yeah. So thank you very much. So, no, no, that's good. It's good stuff. So, uh, but I want to say thanks, Don, for joining us today and giving us a little background and, and a look forward on the, you know, HPC, scientific computing and all that good jazz. And uh, thanks as well to the audience, of course, is joining us today. Um, in case you don't know, we have changed our schedule up a little bit. We do this now every Friday uh, with a little bit more of a variety of content. Um, we work through our our internal experts, our labs team. We've also included uh, consulting and support every once in a while as well as yeah. our normal external experts as well, folks who know their stuff when it comes to the software packages that we uh, provide systems for. So um, makes it a lot easier. All you got to do is remember Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific, and um, we'll see you next time. <laughs> 
Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Houston. Appreciate it.